When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I am not tough. I am Melon Lord. <laughs> That's my favorite line of my entire childhood. Thank you so much for doing that for you're me. You're so welcome. I'm going to move this a little closer to me now. <laughs> yeah, now that you're not like screaming. See, I should be more aware of when I'm screaming in the mic when I'm not. That's probably why they put this little filter on my mic because I'm not yeah. good at that. Well, it helps, you know, to soften the S's and the, the pops of the P's and the Oh, K's. yeah. They probably knew that I had a problem yeah. with that. Yeah. You know, well, hi, I'll, do. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Thanks for matching for with me. me. People I who know. can't see, we're twinning. We are. Earthbender we, it style. Was, it was the chair. It's the yeah. chair influence. Yeah. Like we, like the, the greens, the blue, yeah. like it's very Earthbender-esque. I'm a little water and earth. This is a little bit of Yeah. It's of like mix. a green blue. It's yeah. okay. We it's like good. guitar also. We need yeah, yeah. all We're elements. <laughs> Harmony. Harmony of the elements. <laughs> long ago, all the, well, all the elements lived in, I don't remember what the. Long ago, the four nations lived in Harmony. Then all everything changed when the, when the Fire, Fire Nation, Nation attacked. attacked. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> I created the show. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, we'll take that credit. But you you played Toph Beifong on Avatar The Last Airbender. Was that like a dream come true? Did you know how big Avatar was going to be when you, like, how did that all even happen? No. Okay. <laughs> I want to, how did this happen? Well, okay. I've learned with most things in life, you can only really try so much try yes. so hard yeah. and prepare so well and then everything else is just place time luck opportunity falling Absolutely. and so you know you still need to study to do well on a test but you don't know what's going to be on the test exactly. necessarily you still prepare and like take acting classes get your headshots done go on auditions but you don't know what they're looking for exactly. so it's it was another audition um just on another day from my agency but uh you know there wasn't anything like crazy magical that happened with it i started acting when i was five so i had some experience um leading up to that point so i wasn't just starting off with avatar uh, although that's probably what most people know me from <laughs> and so you know i had some experience doing a lot of background voices and adr work how did and, you get um, into that at such a young age like how old were you when you first started getting into it five wow yeah. so like your mom decided no Oh. Not at all. I decided, I, well, I asked and she said yes. But friends of mine were in commercials in school. We, we came to L.A. when I was four because uh, she wanted to come out here for the, you know, the sunshine and the opportunity. That's what she said. Right. So uh, a friend of mine was in a commercial at the school I was at. And I was like, that seems fun. Hey, Ma, 
what's this thing? Can I can I be in a commercial? Like, can I do this? Uh, and she was like, that's, you know, kind of involved. Like, let's just do some trial and error before we just jump in. So she put me in some local productions of theater. I was an Oliver. I was like a little orphan with my little bowl singing Food Glorious Food. And I was so happy to be there. <laughs> so excited. And uh, she was like, okay. You you like this like this is this is a thing that you enjoy doing. So we got some headshots m- done, and um, you know this this isn't the way Hollywood is anymore. But we literally went and knocked on doors of agencies, wow. and walked in with like hard copy headshots, and we're like, "Hello, are there any agents in the office who would be open to saying hello? I would love to be repped by you and do commercials." Wow, that easy? Yeah. <laughs> Holy moly, I love that. And so you know there were some no's and there were some yeses, and then. I got started in commercials and then uh, voiceover was a new youth department at my agency at the time because kids and acting was very hit or miss. Like there was uh, Shirley Temple, obviously, like kind of situation, but then um, not too many like kids really in acting. Uh, Hilary Duff was kind of the beginning of like Disney Channel, like kids being stars. Right. And so that was kind of the beginning of her career a little bit and so they were starting to open up like oh we need to actually have like a roster of children like legitimate children not just 18 plus playing kids uh for voiceover and for stuff like that so um, i kind of kicked off the kids department uh voiceover at cesd which was exciting and thanks to my mom i did not watch a lot of tv and i spent a lot of time reading so i could read scripts cold which is huge when you're like seven eight years old they're like can we give you a script and can you read it without needing time to like figure out what's on the page and that was no problem and uh, I took direction ta-da those two things that is so impressive as a child eight years old Uh, yeah it's it's a time it was it was really cool and so then I got to a point where I was just doing a ton of background voices for live action for animation for dubbing um and it was a beautiful little golden nugget and I realized this isn't normal but uh, I was on a roster of like kids in that age range that they could rely on so I would just my mom would get calls of like hey we have a job on Thursday you know, 10 to 3, whatever, this studio. And so I would just get calls for jobs for a couple years, which is really, really cool and not normal. Uh, and I just, that was my my life. I would come in and just do background work of like kids playing in a park, kids screaming when they fall down, you know, somebody running into a pole, like whatever, just all the background noise that you right. don't think of in a live action or, or an animation. And then... um I started getting some roles coming in for Meet the Robinsons and like Kronk's New Groove and then Avatar. And so then I started getting a few name roles as opposed to just background stuff. And then I booked those and yeah, and then Avatar happened and, and here we are. So Wow. And yeah. like all three name roles, are those the only name roles or are there just a few examples? Those, those are the, the main the big ones. ones. Yeah. Like there were a couple of maybe one episode like guest star characters or um, in Brother Bear 2, there was like a flashback scene of like, the, I think her name's... Nala, oh my gosh, it's been so long. Oh, that, I'm forgetting that's, my... uh, that's Lion King. I know, I know, but it was something with an E that <laughs> was remember. similar to Nala, and I can't remember. My husband loves Brother Bear, but oh, I don't then, think then I ever he saw might it. Know. But yeah, <laughs> so there was like a flashback scene of like a young girl, so I play her in like those scenes, and so technically she's like a main character, but she's not like it's the like title. her as a kid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Avatar is definitely the the most main character that I've right. done. It's also such so. an iconic project. Oh, yeah, so. I mean, not that like. It's so interesting because even, you know, Emperor's New Groove, yeah. so iconic. Just different. Different so, iconic. Like, right. Like, <laughs> literally, I will, at my house, anytime my husband and I are annoying each other, I'm like, you're throwing off my groove. <laughs> I'm sorry. You threw off yeah, the Emperor's nah, Groove. Nah, nah. <laughs> yes. Like, 
all these projects are like did you have any idea at the time like that these were going to be big as big as they were or was it just like another audition that just so happened to work out another audition that happened to work out i will it's kind of a combination deal because i feel like now a lot of studios and creatives like are trying to make the next big thing because everything is so contingent on like the dollar payout. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of the case, but it was more organic. It was more like, yeah. what's something cool and fun that we think the audience will like, but is also cool and fun. And so it was less about the result. And so there was a lot more um, enjoyment of process. Like yeah. the, the auditions were not as competitive. Working in a studio, we, we would go to, you know, beautiful beautiful studios sometimes I would record like on the lot on the Disney lot or like on Warner Brothers lot whatever for like an episode of a TV show like it was very chill like using these great resources for like this animated TV show whatever right and now I feel like when you do like the the backstage like tour lot at Universal uh like all of the sound stages are for like the voice or like wicked live action or whatever they're like huge projects um that that are very much paying out probably a, a decent amount so yeah I don't know it felt more gosh I don't know like old Burbank people who are from LA or are in Burbank now or grew up in Burbank kind of can feel it that's where like all the studios are and a ton of studio just employees and animators lived and worked and it felt very much like in the movies when you look at old LA and that vibe kind of still existed in Burbank and now it's just like this is where all the people are and there's this like concentration but also like LA is expensive so now a lot of people are outsourcing to Atlanta. Atlanta has like a huge hub and just random states. People are going to Canada to film because it's cheaper. So now everything's like spread out but also LA is still very intense and everybody's trying to like make the right move so that nobody goes bankrupt. (laughs) Right. What's going on? It's still very Um, Hollywood. It's very Hollywood. So yeah, maybe that's it. It just didn't feel as Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, back then and also I think animation itself has gotten a lot more popular yes and 100%. so Hollywood thanks, existed Dan. for yeah <laughs> thanks, thanks. Uh, so live action stuff was definitely very Hollywood like auditioning for live action Disney Channel stuff which I did audition for basically every single show and got called back for many of them uh, and that felt more like there was something extra going on. There was yeah. a different vibe, uh, but voiceover, it was like, oh, this isn't intense. Like nobody's, nobody cares about this as much. They do, like they're watching it, but n- there wasn't as much pressure around it. Yeah. Uh, and now it feels definitely just similar par to on camera. There's so much competition. There's so many projects. Yeah. That's something that, that Dan talked about a lot when he was here on the show talking about, you know, originally he, he was always inspired by Jaws and he really wanted yeah. to make movies. And then as he was starting to kind of get into the crowds, everyone doing like, you know, live action type things were always worried about hair and makeup and appearance and, you know, things yep. like that, which is fine. It just wasn't his vibe. Yeah. And then like the animators were like, Hey. hey, you wanted to hang out and chill? Hey. And he's like, yeah, I, I really do. I and really that's, to chill. you know, now we have Phineas and Ferb. <laughs> Woo. I hope, I I want, I want to be a part of that world so badly. I don't know yeah. how and when or what, but I know that they're like creating new stuff. And I'm like, oh, hey, 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 me. Hey. Literally, hey. <laughs> literally, um, my husband and I were talking and he was like, have you ever thought about doing voice acting? And I was like, one just can't ask Dan to put them on. He's like, no, you can. You're friends. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You can't. You can't ask that. I feel like you you can. Like, anybody can ask, I feel like, a favor or a question 
once, maybe twice. But like okay. that's that's my take okay. on things. So like once, I have maybe twice. feel like people who are producers or writers or directors, like I've got one question or one favor or one ask of them at some point. And obviously not like at the beginning of like a right. friendship. But like sure. once some time has passed, if it's like, man, I could really use their perspective or really use their eye or like would love to have or their, their name like supporting me on a something when I email somebody else, whatever. Uh, there's like one ask of like, hey, I'm trying to pitch this script to Blah. Would you mind reading it over and giving me your thoughts? And, and if you like it, you know, supporting me when I pitch it to Netflix, whatever, like asking something like that. So I feel like if that's like a thing that's and you're like, this one. is my ask, you totally could. See, I don't even but, want, I don't even you know? know if like, ho- well, I don't even know if Hollywood life is for me because like I, yeah. you know, it. I'm I'm a very like I'm a very easy go like I say that but I'm also very high strung but I mean like I'm a very yeah <laughs> low maintenance like you know I don't think I could keep up with the demands of it's weird of it's weird because I didn't realize how how lowly high maintenance Hollywood is until I watched a lot of my friends move out or move back because I grew up in it so I've grew grown up with the change a little right. bit. But I'm also not perfect at, like, the game. Nobody knows what the game really is, but everybody's but kind of some, playing yeah, it. Yeah, uh, yeah, And I didn't realize that L.A. is very tricky to, to navigate because yes. it's something where when you go out, you have to subtly make it known that you're a very much a player. Like, you've been present in the creator space. You do podcasts. You, you're, a, you're a person doing things. Yes. You're not just there as a nobody and nobody's a nobody but yeah you know, yeah a lot of yeah. people want to know that you're doing something <laughs> no i get that and so you can't but you can't be starting with it you don't right. walk in and be like hi i'm tough which is funny because people are like why not and i'm like because you don't that's not you don't do that's that not how it you goes. can't just call up taylor <laughs> swift like that yeah. doesn't happen <laughs> <Not all this. laughs> you know and why don't so, you just call taylor up <laughs> super chill uh so yeah you know it's like this weird balance of when i'm out at like a, a, a speakeasy and I don't go out that often but when I go out I'm like okay I'm gonna like go out and like talk to people make new friends whatever and I'll meet people who are producers or writers or musicians and it's like cool we go out and we vibe and I don't really like to drink that much but I love dancing and I can stay up late whatever so I'll like hang with the vibes have a good memory we'll all follow each other on Instagram and then they'll be like oh yeah like I watched Avatar like when they see my Instagram or something and so then there's like a recognition of like cool you've been active in the industry for a while yeah you're not just going to be asking me for favors or like dropping my name to try to take advantage of me Uh, because that does happen a lot not to me but just to people especially of higher status which is understandable so then you know months will go by or years and then we'll like cross paths again at another event and then like make another step closer of like oh maybe we should work together one day yeah like what are you doing and then it's like it just takes time yeah and being you gotta plant the seeds yeah in the spaces and like seeing the faces a number of times before people get comfortable like maybe opening up and maybe collaborating and maybe like answering that email or doing a favor for you you know um and so it's like a very slow burn and i didn't realize that until like why my ex-boyfriend moved out to la during covid and i watched him really struggle to like get acclimated to LA. Granted, it was COVID, but also it's kind yes. of just LA. It's hard. Yes. It's a weird city. Uh, if you don't know how to handle <laughs> your, like, it's a very high paced kind of place. No one's going to hold your hand. Like, no. you have friends and you have support, but yeah. like, no, at, very at such a fundamental level, solo. like, 
you've got to figure it out and you have to be sure of yourself mm-hmm. and you have to insert yourself. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I will never move to L.A. Yeah. And it's not New York where you can then just go out in like the West Village, go out on the Upper East Side and go to a bar and find friends like you will make friends immediately in New York. I have I have found in L.A. You have to go somewhere like you where you're living is not where people are going to be out necessarily right. unless you're like in the middle of Hollywood, in which case, bless you. Uh, but <laughs> I, I will never I can't do it. Uh, but where I live is like 30 minutes away from like anywhere that's like relevant right now because I'm in the valley. Yeah. Nobody is no, doing that. stuff in the valley. Well, and also so. like a fundamental part of of LA and a big reason why I will never move there. And I say this with like also a grain of salt because I have met some really amazing people and made some real relationships and friendships. Yeah. But at the fundamental level, people go to LA because they want something. They have a goal. Yes. They have something that they're striving for. There is an agenda. Yeah. And I just don't feel like I can live in a place where it's only that. Where it's agendaed. <laughs> All the time. And again, I yeah. say that knowing that I have met some amazing human beings. I have made some real friendships. Like, you're my friend. Yeah. But I don't, like, that kind of in the back of your head all day, every day with every single person. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I could do that. Like, I'm such an overthinker that I think I would start getting paranoid. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... But, you know, like, did you did you make some real friendships on set with, like, your avatar? Well, cast? I was actually going to talk about that because <gasps> friendships have been hard for me. Yeah. Uh, I'm an only child of a single mother. The rest of our family is in the Midwest in southern Indiana. Uh, oh. and, and I didn't really... You know, I'm on some sort of spectrum, according to some book somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, I've never gone to like a doctor and gotten anything like really set in stone. And I have no interest in doing that. But, you know, I tend to overshare. I had a lot of energy growing up. Uh, I, I always tended to like get along with people's parents more than them. So like bonding with peers my age was tricky when I was a child because I wanted to work. Yeah. I was like, why do we we're sitting around and like, I don't know how to connect with you. I want to go like work and like do something and create something that's like relevant to the world. And so I did not grow up really with the like friendship making chip coded very well. Got it. And I was homeschooled for a while. Uh, The fact that I turned out as semi-normal as I did is a miracle, (laughs) honestly. Uh, But yeah, when I got to middle and high school and I kind of stopped Avatar and I wanted to like focus on school because I wanted to be a doctor. So I was like, I'm going to go to high school and like focus on math and bio. I wanted to be a cardiovascular surgeon. Oh, wow. Fancy. Okay. Changed. Um, And it it, it didn't get necessarily better. I had a couple friends who like I'm still close with and like our friendship has grown and like we've all of us obviously gone to college right. grown differently and like come back together and like we're still friends and this is awesome. But it wasn't natural. It wasn't easy for me to just be like, yeah, friends to like go out and do stuff because also going out and doing stuff cost money. Yes. And that was a huge thing growing up too is people are like, "Oh, we're we're going on like a a weekend trip." Somebody has to pay for that. We didn't have money. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I can't go. Like, it's just too expensive. That's so you know? interesting because people would assume that because you were on such a hit show, not only a hit show in yeah. a hit movie, in another hit movie, yeah. like people who don't understand Hollywood might just assume that you'd be set for life. Yeah. And that's not the case. And we, so, okay, I did, I'm very grateful and 
this was all, you know, I'm aware of these things, but like a lot of my money actually covered like our our rent and like food and stuff because I was like actively working and my mom was taking me to the jobs. And so obviously it was just us two. So the extra money would kind of just be put away. She didn't want to spend it, which is smart, but she put it into a Coogan account and was like, I don't want to spend all of this. So maybe I could have gone to the weekend trip in San Diego or whatever, but she very much took like the excess and just saved it for when I got older because she was like, I don't want to just That's smart. put, you know, spend this all right now. Right. Um, which, you know, I think is smart. I think she also was just trying to make the best call. I don't know if I would have made the same decision. Yeah. Because I get that. You, you, can, you can think someone is in the right in their decision with, while acknowledging that, like, yeah. I might not have done the same things, but I don't think you're wrong for right. this. Because yeah. also, you know, in her head, too, she was like, I also want to keep it in case things go sideways and we maybe we need it. Maybe she needs Absolutely. it. Maybe whatever. Maybe we use it for college. Maybe whatever. So she, yeah, very much was just kind of saving. But yeah, no, <laughs> there's there's not, not a lot of payout. Uh, the residuals were a lot better back okay. then, for sure. Okay. Now they're like zero. So pe- um, for people who aren't in this industry, what does that mean? <laughs> so, okay. Friends, everybody knows the TV show Friends for the yes. most part, right? They got to a point where, you know, obviously their contracts were renegotiated as they got more popular. So their agents were like, for season nine and ten, like each episode, they're getting paid more. But a residual kind of payout for a network like that and and everybody, like all the TV stars in 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, uh, were getting a just a large, large percentage. I don't know exact numbers off the top of my head, but like residual checks could very, very easily be like 100K a month if you wow. are like on the level of friends um, because of just the, the payout first if you were on network, meaning like you were on the channel live and you kept being programmed in was very, very high. You were getting a large percentage of what all the subscribers, you know, monthly payers, whatever, were paying. Right. And then networks started realizing, wait a second, <laughs> we, don't, we don't need to pay these people so much and we can use more of this for, you know, studios. So I think my, to get to get down to brass tacks for anyone who's interested, uh, I think per episode for Avatar was around $700. Um, wow. Yeah. And <laughs> Oh my that, gosh. I think, I think that was also for all for me. I think they added on percentages for my agent and for like other stuff and for whatever. So I think the 700 around there was mine. I'm trying to remember like reading contracts when I was 12 because uh, my mom let me, you know, read, read through them with me. But uh, I was around 700 per episode, I believe. And then I can't remember ex- exactly uh, how to, you know, break this down, but like a residual check for the next couple of years, I maybe made... 10 to 12k a year kind of on residual checks wow yeah which is great i mean that's awesome like that's i mean compared to what you were paid per episode yeah but it's just it's one of those things where hollywood is so glorified and is like up on this pedestal that anyone who like i've never worked in hollywood before like even me (laughs) like we just assume yeah, that is but like if you make it somewhere that's yeah. like visible, you're like, oh, they're you're good. Like, <laughs> right. Like, oh, they're fine forever. Yeah. And even like talking to you as a friend, like I yeah. know that like you work just like I do, like in content and yeah. trying to find other film stuff. But yeah. I just never assumed 700 an episode. Granted, this was 2000, you know, six, 2008. Yeah. So <laughs> early. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's it's not, you know, going to cover much. Right? right. So it's. Very interesting 
I do get some commentary on, you know, social media on Instagram of like, oh, like she's rolling in that avatar money. And it's like, it's not zero dollars by any means. Like I'm grateful to have it and it's helpful for things. Uh, But, you know, I don't have a house yet. (laughs) Right. If something like crazy, crazy tragic were to happen, I would I would probably be able to finagle and like it would be just fine. Um, And I'm grateful, especially because like anime conventions recently, like that those have been more helpful than like the residuals for sure. Um, But yeah, like I can't afford to to get a house yet. (laughs) Wow. It's kind of crazy. Well, especially in L.A. Maybe if I started sleuthing in like Wisconsin, maybe out North Carolina. Yeah, there you go. Maybe maybe I'll just start checking out some other states. Yeah, it's pretty. We have like we have a really pretty fall. There you go. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's good. I'm coming to South Carolina. <laughs> no, 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 North. North. North, Car- North. Sorry. Yeah. North Carolina. No, no, no. no. Not you're, South Carolina. You're about to start like a whole argument. The comments. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to stay in LA. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, but yeah, continue, continue. Yeah. So it's it's very much a thing. I have tons of creator friends who, you know, millions of followers, tons of engagement. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they're exactly. in a mansion. Some of them are. Right. Some are, right. some aren't. So I think it's like a very strange thing that one person's 10 million followers does not equate to another person's 10 million followers. Me being a yes. lead on a, a big series could, you know, my payout is probably different than somebody who is a lead in a series in the 90s, right? So it's just right. different. It's so different. It's yeah. all so different. That's and so now with the strike, they're finally talking about those streaming residuals that haven't been existent for a while. So maybe... Maybe. Fingers crossed. Fingers, Fingers crossed. crossed. Yeah, Avatar was number one for six weeks in 2020. At in 2020. Yeah. I believe that. Six weeks straight. So th- this out. is a question. Think, thinking about Avatar, what do you think of like the reboot with Korra? Oh, I mean, it's a different show. Like, yes. I, I don't try to compare them. And the creators very much did the same thing. Like, it's a slightly different animation style. The the story arc and, like, the design of the show are just different. It's a yes. different world in the same universe. That's kind of what I no, that makes say. Sense. Um, and so I watched it just with no expectations. Like, obviously, there was going to be some similarity of characters and all that jazz. But I, um, yeah, I don't know. It was cool. Different. I'm, I'm a little biased. Obviously, I like the original no, a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, but like it was a cool, uh, cool add-on that I think gave the fans something that they very much wanted. They kept asking for season four of the original, and Mike and Ryan are like, "No, like this is the story. It's three seasons. We have the beginning, the middle, the end. This is it." Uh, and I, I'm very grateful that they stuck to their guns on that because that's what makes it so good. Like they clearly had a vision. So they had a beautiful arc of story. They completed it, and they're like, "That's the story." the end <laughs> i'm someone i can't do change i don't like change i don't like it so like when characters Maybe, yeah. in shows get like recasted i can't, it ruins it for yeah. me so i didn't even get to finish cora's because i couldn't because you could i couldn't <laughs> couldn't do it it hurts me old Toph so comes deeply. in season four i know but she's not young Toph anymore and like I don't like it. I don't yeah. like change. You're like, this is too much for or me. Or like, like when, when. People are dying. Even when I'm <laughs> seeing like regular or other TV shows or even reading books and yeah. like something happens to a character and their personality completely changes. I'm like, nope. Can't nope, do it. Nope. Can't do it. I'm absolutely done. Not happening. No. Like when, like Elena in Vampire Diaries. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Like immediately no. <laughs> immediately no. I could not finish that series. That's. That's so I've funny. never. There are not many shows that I just don't finish the series. That was that the one first one. Wow. That was the very first one. Wow. I just I can't do change. Okay. No. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't I didn't mind it. It was a little hard for me to finish because it felt a little longer. Like I actually do appreciate the 
season one's a little long to get through because it's so much story building in Avatar, mm-hmm. but then it goes very quickly. It's very easy to consume. Okay. And then it's like, and it's oh my gosh, it's over. And it's like, oh, I guess we have to start over again. <laughs> but Cora, I got to season three and I was like, man, I feel like I'm almost, feel like I'm almost done. And then there's a whole other season that I have to watch. So like finishing, it was actually a little tricky for me. Um, but I also just don't, I realized that like I haven't seen a lot of TV. That makes I sense. I didn't grow up with a lot of TV. Yeah. And then in college, I like definitely binged a lot because I was, you know, overwhelmed and depressed and just in my bed mm-hmm. watching Netflix for hours on end. Uh, and when I first got to New York, same thing, because I was like, ah, I'm in Manhattan. I don't know what's happening. I'll just watch some Netflix. <laughs> but like a lot of new shows, the last two, three years, I, I just haven't seen a lot of new stuff. I haven't yeah. seen Game of Thrones. I'm like... I don't know what's well, who I am, what that, I'm that's doing. That's the second series that I didn't finish. I, oh well, <laughs> for other reasons. For other reasons, everyone knows everyone why. Knows, yeah, everyone I know knows those why. reasons, and I haven't even. Seen I, it. I wasn't wasn't doing it. <laughs> but I, I have one more question about Avatar before yeah. I move on. I want to ask you about other things. Yeah. What is your favorite? Like, do you have a favorite moment as Toph or a favorite episode as Toph? Like. What do you kind of go back to in your heart? I love. I get this question, you know, fairly often, but I. These are these are my top two uh, after really thinking about it uh, for for a while. But the library where you know they they almost get buried alive and then Toph saves them, but loses Appa. Uh, and it's one of my favorite blind joke moments where she's like, "Look, there it is. That's what it'll sound like when one of you spots it." You know, that's a good moment. <laughs> and then Tales of Bossing Say. It's a tie between those two because Tales of Bossing Say is so fun. We get to see Toph be a little more gentle feminine you know maybe than her usual like when she goes and has her makeover with yeah and then like the the girls bully her and she's like ah i think you're really pretty yeah oh that one gets me in my feels (laughs) and somebody mentioned this at at a con a little bit ago they were like and you know Toph can always tell when people are telling the truth or when they're lying or whatever because of her you know senses and so they're like in that moment like she smiles because she can tell that Katara is telling the truth and I'm like oh oh now I have chills and I was like that's so sweet and so they get to because you know everybody that's like such I wish there was a little bit more of that and like flirtation and attraction like dealt with 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 Toph because we see a glimpse of it of like everyone wants to be desired and thought of as like attractive and like nice and whatever that means to to everybody but you know she's like I don't know what I, what I look like I don't even know how I come off to people other than just my talent and like what I can be which is why she's such a badass in my opinion she's like oh all these people doubt me well I'm gonna show them otherwise but like she has absolutely no clue like what does being desired like look like and feel like you know so that's i never thought about that which obviously like is a privilege in its own but that's that's such an interesting thing to think about and something else that like shows typically take characters like Toph in general who are a little bit more tomboyish Mm -hmm. and they don't really get that arc of and I don't like that yeah and I think that's I think that's really interesting because just because someone is a little bit more powerful or just because someone is a little bit more tomboyish doesn't mean that they don't want to feel like they look pretty yeah and doesn't mean that they don't feel like they (laughs) you know are are desired in any kind of way and I I think that's a really I'm rambling because I'm just repeating what you just said (laughs) but it's because I'm like now thinking about it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, no, that's a really good point. And that's something yeah. that should be talked about more. And I think she's not, you know, I like to use Cora as a nice reflective example, I suppose, because she's obviously not the most gentle mother figure. Yeah, uh, We don't really hear about 
where her two daughters came from, if, if she was married, if she wasn't, like we, we don't have those answers. And I think that's on purpose because uh, I think it's something that she probably struggled with, like intimacy, being gentle, the empathy for somebody because she was not necessarily shown that. And her coding as like a teenager when she's 12, 13 was you get recognized, you get freedom, you're valued when you are powerful, when you can defeat somebody in a duel, when you can you know, be independent and like make your own choices. Like all of those things were prioritized and not the friendship, listening to somebody's thoughts and opinions. Like her parents just straight up ignored her desires and they're like, you're blind, you're incapable, you're not able to do anything. And she's like, what the heck? So that's like, you know, 12, 13 years of that being just pressed into Tough. her from her Sorry, parents. you said Cora and I was like, I don't know oh, anything no. about in, Cora. So in I don't, Cora, cool, cool, in cool, Cora. Cool, cool, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I was just thinking that like Toph really got either or she mm-hmm. either got feared and some respected, like, depending, like i was thinking respected depending on who it was but yeah. like fear <laughs> respect powerful yeah tomboy trainer teacher or right. coddled ignored you you can't do anything yeah right and like there was no real compromise and mm-hmm. i would have really liked to see her find that compromise in life yeah you that's my I mean? one wish for you know, something maybe happening a little differently in, in court. And I just say Cora because right, instead right, of Legend right, of Cora. Right. I, just, I <laughs> never saw it. So I like I didn't put two and two together. So that's yeah. on me. That's 100% um, on me. Is that we don't get to see too much of, of that development in her. Uh, there's one moment later in season four where she kind of apologizes for being really intense as a mom and as a mentor. Aww. And she's like, I tried my best. And like, I think we turned out all right. Like, you know, I love you kind of moment with her you know, with her kids and with Cora as well. And so we kind of see her soften, but I also feel like there is, you know, a sadness there of that she didn't find it. She didn't figure it out like while she was in her prime. Well, that's also such a real statement. I tried my best and we're okay. Yeah. And like that's that's such a Which is super real. Like that's so real. So (laughs) Avatar is always so good at finding those real yeah. things like those underlying yeah. like haha comes off as super playful but like it's, it's it real. really gets you down in the guts and so i've used that as a you know as a real lesson for me because i feel like a lot of us you know when you're cast for something live action people are like oh what are the similarities between you and this real character like obviously there are pieces of you in the character and vice versa because it's you playing it and people kind of write that off for animation but i think that's a false assumption to write it off i think that there are a lot of similarities between who you get cast as in the animation world and your self um there's a certain degree of separation but i definitely you know grew up very independent i mean started asking my mom I was like I want to work I want to make money I want to create things when I was like five six years old uh, I want to make an impact I want to be powerful I want to like be seen and heard and have my own opinions like very stubborn <laughs> like yeah. there's a lot of similarities between me and my character and I kind of noticed that with a lot of my castmates as well I'm like huh yeah this all makes sense you all make sense with yeah. all these characters do you ever feel like because at such a young age like you were working you started working like and you wanted that mm-hmm. at the time yeah do you ever have regrets and feel like you weren't really able to enjoy childhood or do you like wouldn't change anything i think and this this may bring us to a a, a touchier topic but uh i think when you're born with the cards you're dealt with 
I personally would have not changed anything. Okay. You know, if I were born into a family that had three estates and multiple horses and we summered in, in the vineyard every, every June, <laughs> perhaps I would have preferred having a real childhood, but I didn't. Really? Okay. I, it, I say real childhood. But yeah, Mine yeah. Was real, like but, a know, more, a more relaxed, normal, normal yeah. stereotypical childhood. Um, but that wasn't what I was given. And I didn't feel like oh gosh, I have to make money because I must support our family. But I definitely was like, I want to be something seen, bigger, better, you know, recognized in the world and not just kind of sitting in my backyard, jumping on the trampoline, which I did love doing, but I also wanted to like feel like I was present. Well, you're also, you clearly were also a very intelligent child. Like, do you think that you felt like, (laughs) do you feel like you felt like, that more mature awareness like kids are just usually sheltered when they're younger from like real world problems Mm -hmm. and whether or not your mom meant or didn't mean for you to like really be aware of them like you were and do you feel like that really shaped for sure she always my mom's really good at momming i say this she loves being a mom she wanted like 10 kids she enjoys the process of just like being a mom she's really good at it um and one of her biggest things uh, is that a kid is very much a human being as soon as they're born like and you should treat them as such like they might be one or two and not really speaking but they are absorbing everything that you do and how you treat them in the surroundings that they're in so I was always respected by her it was never you're the kid and I'm the mom sometimes when you know and you're in a moment you just have to be like because I said so we got to do this like right <laughs> just listen to me for now but most of the time it was very much uh, let me explain why let me give you my reasoning. I'm not going to change my mind, but this is why. Or, oh, you want to do this? Okay, well, it's going to cost you this, this, and this. You're not going to be able to go to, you know, kids' birthday parties all the time if you're an actor. You're going to have to miss things at school. You're not going to be able to X, Y, and Z because you're going to need to show up at auditions and work. So are you willing to give up those things for this? So it was very much a rational, thought-through, intelligent conversation with, you know, a five-year-old, right? Yeah. And so... You know, obviously, I would make decisions using my little five-year-old brain, which I may or may not have changed my mind later. Right. But it was always a respect thing. It wasn't I know more and you know less. It was like I'm including you in the conversation so that you can learn how to like be a fully functional human. Uh, and so I'm very grateful to her for that because I never felt like I didn't matter or I wasn't heard um, at home whenever I was like with her. So that I'm super grateful for. I know a lot of people don't necessarily have that relationship with their parents, especially in like Hollywood. I met a lot of stage moms and I was like, thank God. Like, yeah, (laughs) I I would have not done well in that environment. I was a very sensitive kid. I mean, I still am very sensitive, but I can just process things a little bit better now. Uh, Yeah, that would have not gone over well. And my mom and I would talk about it. Like at seven, eight years old, we were like, that woman's nuts. Like, <laughs> you're crazy. And why is she making her kid like make out with this 15 year old? Like oh. what's going on? You know, like just weird. Oh stuff. yeah. No <laughs> weird stuff. Um, but she clearly <laughs> empowered you in your own choices to the point that like you, you quit, like you, you walked away from voice acting. Like, I, how did you come to that kind yeah, of decision? I did not cling on to the, I don't know the industry like at all I had like a very lofty goals which she supported maybe maybe she supported these a little bit too much because they're a little insane but she had me write out one five ten and twenty year plans um every year a couple years or so and so when I was you know seven six my 
this was my dream trajectory, okay? I was going to be an actor and be a very successful actor, become famous, get my name on the Walk of Fame by 14 years old, and then stop acting, <laughs> go to high school like a normal kid and like be straight A student, be present, like do prom. I wanted to like do high school, right? And I was going to just be like at a really, really intense high school and then go to UPenn, pre-med, and like bio, whatever, whatever, go to med school, become a cardiovascular surgeon. And then by the time I was 28, I was going to be getting married at 28. And like by 30, have like a 10 bedroom mansion with five cars, four horses, three dogs, two snakes and a cat or whatever. And I had just wow. uh, this whole like trajectory, which is insane like yeah. <laughs> certifiably insane like i there is possibility that you could do that but like yo that would be nice <laughs> but you know my mom was like yeah okay let's let's aim for that because if we aim for that we're gonna at least find fall, somewhere fall, along the yeah. line <laughs> so, that's so cute now that i'm older i'm like okay may, maybe a little delusional uh you know i might be like okay cool this is a lot but she you supported might be a your dreams stressed like, wholeheartedly. Out. Yeah, yeah. But I also like ran myself into the ground and then burnt out in college. So that's why I'm saying now if my oh, kid is okay. like, I'm going to do this, 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 this. Be like, great. And when are you going to take a break? <laughs> okay. So you did burn out in college. <laughs> Absolutely. So you, you went in pre-med? Yeah. So I did, you know, I didn't get my name on the Walk of Fame. Darn. But uh, I did <laughs> stop acting when I was 14 professionally. Um Kind of. I, I still did a couple of things here and there. Like my agent sent along some things, but I stopped for all intents and purposes, stopped acting um, and focused on high school. I loved math. I loved bio. I was, you know, I should have seen this coming, but I loved being in the theater productions. I was in acapella. I was in choir groups. I was in the dance, you know, program, whatever. Um, and also loved math and bio. So I was doing high school I got to go to prom had a high school boyfriend um dealt with you know some mean girls I was I had a school uniform which I liked actually because it kind of leveled the the playing field a little bit at school so nobody really knew where anybody was coming from um so I got to like play rich which was great because uh, everybody just assumed like my uniform fit well I took care of my hair and my skin nobody knew that I lived in this tiny little apartment down the street with zero dollars <laughs> oh wow <laughs> you know it was great um Avatar money helped pay for high school because I went to a private school and I got some financial aid. But yeah, Avatar helped me <laughs> pay for my high school, which is great. Thanks, Hang. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Twinkle Toes. Um, so yeah, that was my my life. And then I got to senior year. I didn't end up liking UPenn. So that was kind of a surprise to me. I was like, oh, I don't actually like this campus as much as I thought I was going to. But oh, well, I really liked U Chicago, And that's where I was planning on going. And then I got into Yale and I was like, well, Feel yeah. like I should. I mean, if you, if you have to. Feel like I should do this. Uh, but that was actually, and I say this, that was the first time I made a decision that was against my gut. I went for the name because I felt like I should. And I wanted to go to U Chicago. I was really excited. That was also the first college I got into. So I was like, oh my gosh, okay, it's happening. Like I, I got in somewhere. It's going to be okay. But I wasn't as excited like applying to, to Yale necessarily as I was to U Chicago. And that was the first time I was like... Oh, like I should go to Yale because it's Yale, but I wasn't like excited to go to Yale. So do you know why? Like, was there something that about it or something um, about you, Chicago, that you just were excited about or just the vibes? The vibes. OK. You, Chicago is very quirky uh, for anybody who's applied or gone there. Like their essay prompts for specifically them, like aside from the Common App, which I don't even know how applications work these days. I feel like the Common App <laughs> is not even a thing. I don't even know. But uh, they're. 
you know, their questions were very meta. Like one of their uh, essay questions the year I was applying was why. That why was not? That was the essay prompt. And I bet you people submitted an answer that was that. And some of them probably got in. Like, it's it was just cool. I was like, they were, they were being different. They're not like, what was one highlight of your high school experience that reflects who you are? Like, that's what most of the places were doing. And my the one that I ended up answering was, who is your who is your worst enemy and like what would you say to them or something like that or what's what's like what advice would you give them or something I don't remember um and you know I answered that like my worst enemy was like myself you know whatever oh wow it's just it was cool I enjoyed the application process now I don't know if I would have enjoyed being on campus I don't know um, because they the arts programs at Yale are much more developed. They have a whole theater. They have the Yale Drama School. So yeah, like there's but... there's theater there. But as far as the academic side goes, I was definitely more excited to do U Chicago. But I was swayed by the name. I was like, oh, I should, because people are going to see Yale on my resume. They're going to see it on the degree, or whatever, and that's going to get me further than this other place. Uh, and while that may be true in certain circumstances certainly isn't true in the circumstance of necessarily what I've chosen to do with my life. Um, So yeah, anyway, I ended up going to Yale and it was very hard and I was surrounded by lots of people who are very, very smart in the top of their class and then we're all put together and we're like, wait, you're smart too and I'm smart and you're smart and you're smarter. They're smarter. Oh my gosh. (laughs) What's happening? And that's where I think the socioeconomic train really slammed into me because, you know, when you're dealing with Ivy League families who have gone for generations and some of them own half of the country and are descendants of Rockefellers and like some of them come from abroad and like are huge just business people business monikers and I'm like I'm no one like I am nothing like I'm not not nothing but but yeah like it just felt like not like me as a person no yeah wow nothing I like have done like matters in comparison to these people um so it just felt like oh, I thought I knew what life was and like how to how to play it and how to do it. And I was like, oh, I know I don't know anything. So I'm really grateful be- uh, for Yale specifically because of that. It was very, very hard, but it, you know, it made me grow a lot mm-hmm. in probably ways that you Chicago might have not because there's just a different level of uh wealth networking communication style that exists in like an Ivy League network yeah that I appreciate and it's taught me how to be better at networking at a VidCon at in in a studio because like I mentioned I wasn't great at making friends I was a little awkward I was a little weird so I that helped me be better at like eye contact handshake really being like hi I'm Michaela Jill Murphy like what are you doing trying to have a normal conversation right um yeah. So it was just, it was kind of a blur. <laughs> I was pre-med and I was doing like econ and uh, like a math and pre-med situation. And, and I don't know, I, freshman year was just a wild blur. I got my first C uh, in a math class oh, that no. technically I had already taken that same math class in high school. And I was like, oh, it's been a few years because I ended up taking like all the APs. I took like a college level course my senior year of high school. So I was like, oh, I should retake this because it's been a few years. Right. Got a C. Oh, no. I was confused because I would go to office hours. And then the more I went to office hours, the worse my grades got. Oh. (laughs) And I didn't know who to talk to. I was like, I just must be terrible at this. I have since learned that if you're being taught by a grad student, they oftentimes are not a great teacher Mm -hmm. because they're a grad student teaching. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, I should have just 
stuck to the book. Everyone's mm-hmm. like, no, no, you just stick to the book. Don't you don't don't go to office hours. Don't ask questions. Unless it's like the professor. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do. <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't know. So I just thought that like all of my accolades up to that point were somehow like false and that I was actually terrible at math and like not good at these things and whatever. So I just like backpedaled and ended up like doing theater for a year as like a comfort and just tried to like rediscover like what I was doing with my life. Cause literally up until that point, like my plan was like working. Right. Right. I was like, okay, like now I'm here and I'm doing pre-med. I like got into a really good school, whatever. And it just like imploded. And I was like crisis mode. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. I don't know who I am. I don't know what's happening. And like everybody around me was like doing things. And like I was still was not at that level. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like it was a time I just didn't. It was it was bad. Holy moly. I was. Imploding. But you stuck it out in Yale. Oh, yeah. You stuck it out. You just changed your major. Yes. So I ended up taking a screenwriting class and liking it. Uh-huh. And then I took another one. And then I took another one. Uh, and then they were like, hey, you need to be major to keep taking these classes. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, right, right. Great. Cool. So I guess I'll be a film major. And I was still doing theater. So I was like, they don't do minors at Yale, which is a bummer. So you have to double major if you want to do two things. So I was like, all right, I guess I'll, I'll double in theater and film. Sure. Um, and I ended up really finding some solace in the film department. And that's kind of what got me through. In my head, I was like, okay, well, I got here. So I'm going to finish it. Yale was kind of my love it and hate it moment because a lot of people talk back to their college years very fondly. uh, And I... I'm glad that I did it, but I definitely don't want to go back. Like, no, yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those good one-time experiences. Absolutely. That's what Ben said about the military. Yeah, yeah. Glad I did it. Glad yeah, it's over. We'll never go back. But so, like, all all of this has really stemmed from the idea of, like, you and your mom were clearly such a good tag team at yes. life. Supporting yes. each other, loving each other. Do you ever, like, have you ever wish that it was different and that you were kind of in a more nuclear kind of family unit or you just wouldn't change anything? Um, I, I think, you know, it's it's kind of hard to answer because I am grateful for the way that things turned out. Yeah. And I don't know. I can't imagine like having another mom or having another scenario because we definitely we definitely did some interesting things to like make some of those days work you know right right and it was fun it was fun though it was like oh we're gonna do this 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 and like oh we need shoes okay we're gonna stop in the store really quickly and like get these shoes because they have to be white for like some audition or something and then like drive all the way across town to like go to this job like it was just fun and like having another person in the mix I feel like would have slowed us down. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, we yeah. wouldn't have been able to like make it all happen if yeah. there were other people involved. Like if I had a sibling, if there was a husband, like it, there would have been too many people. That makes sense. Yeah. But too many cooks in the kitchen. When it comes to like dating in my own future, I definitely am now like, okay, what is my version of like a healthy, great relationship, a husband, a dynamic? Like, what do I want from that? And I don't really have an example, which is kind of nice because it's kind of neutral. I have lots of examples of what I don't want, <laughs> but I also didn't have like a, a father figure that was, you know, God forbid, abusive, uh, whether it be verbally or like physically or was like just a bad vibe or was mean to my mom. Like I didn't have any of that growing up, which I think is great. Did you know him at all? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. OK. So you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you like talk to him at all? I was unexpected. OK. I'll just say okay. that. So, uh, you know, I know who he is. I have three half brothers, but they all live 
in a different state. They they were never like part of my life really growing up. So like everybody was aware of everybody, but nobody was ever with me growing up in LA, like with my mom, anything like that. So yeah, like I know who he is. He's fine. I mean, you know, I was a surprise and then he like didn't really help with that. You know, so so there's some mixed feelings when it comes to that, but I like did not want him to be around right with like my if, mom he, if he didn't if he didn't care like it would it would just bring everybody down no i get that exactly i get that and so that's yeah. i i feel like people you're either like very much of i know this would have been really bad and i'm glad that they weren't around or they're kind of you know yeah. what if kind of so i was just wondering because you know pe- people yeah. Yeah. it just depends on the experience like, would have not, it would have not gone well if he would have decided to to be more present yeah. i mean he also had three other children with somebody else so like he stayed and was you know he did the for thing the th- yeah, for he did, he did other the thing people for other, for other people yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he did yeah. the thing so i you know there are some moments where i see like a daughter have a really great relationship with her dad uh and like and and mom like it's a whole family unit and, right like, parents get along with kids kids get along with parents and i'm like i i want that but like i want to create that it's yeah. less about like oh i wish i had this because like my mom and i did it would have been too Fine. complicated right. with other people. <laughs> right. We like, we, it was definitely nuts. We did some crazy random things to, and it was fun. So like, I don't want to change that, but I know that I would love to create an environment like that for, for my some, family. Yeah, I love um, that. And I don't know what that looks like. The dating world is... I don't think it has to be like a structured thing. It, it's what feels right to you, you know? Like there's no right or wrong answer. As long as it's all like healthy, there's sure. no right or wrong answer. Sure. And I had I to think... put that caveat in there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As long as it's healthy. Yeah. As long as it's healthy. Uh, yeah. And I mean, it's been, it's been nice kind of accepting the fact that I do have high standards. But it's not like I have high standards for somebody else. They're the standards that I hold myself to as well. And I think finding somebody who's on the same page as those standards is going to take some time and some yeah. patience. Um, and more recently, I've kind of become more at peace with that. Like, I'm 29 now. I'm not, like, trying to get married tomorrow. But it's very much like a I'm, – if I'm dating somebody, it's going to be with intention. And if you yeah. don't feel like you're up for marrying me at some point down the line in a couple of months when we start to get to really know each other – what are we doing? Absolutely. Um, and I think that's very intense. I think a lot of people would be like, oh, but you're still so young. Or, oh, that's like too much. Like right. you just want to get along. And I'm like, that's fine. But that's not how I roll. And I'm just and that's okay. being and that's okay all right. with that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that, you know, just because everyone has different goals or just because your goal or your wants is different than someone else's doesn't yeah. make them any less, more or less no. important. Oh, absolutely like, yeah, not. that's so valid. 100%. Yeah. So Like I, I guess like even... I'm trying to think of how to phrase this because I feel like in the entertainment industry, like the idea, and I think it's so different for men and women because like women, (laughs) yes, I feel like it's almost seen as like weird for women to be married at a younger age. Yeah. In the entertainment Especially industry. Especially with, like, Millie Bobby Brown really getting married to, like, her yeah. Yeah, fiancé. And then uh, there was one other one who got married recently on the younger side. I'm well, even just, who, like, in general, when I go to yeah. creator events and, like, I see the faces and they're, like, you're married? Yeah, and, like, they're, like, surprised and yeah, a little, like, shocked. Like, they're, like, what happened? <laughs> right, they're, like, are you okay? <laughs> and you're, like, yes, actually. Yes, that's fine. <laughs> I made this a choice. Right, but and then, like, I feel like it's not the same for guys like say oh you're married that's so sweet and then like you move on but like for women it's like you're married and i feel like that's not 
It's, it's, I've seen it mostly in like the entertainment industry, like in content creating spheres. Maybe it's because I'm from the South Maybe. and like yeah. it's so normal that I only see it when I leave for content creating. But. Maybe I'm just rambling at this point. So I will ask you one last question. Yeah. What is something that you really want to leave listeners with? Like either something you've learned or life advice. Like something that you just value and want to pass on to others. Oh, and then I have one more question actually. But do this one first because the other one's just a one word answer. Oh, man. There's so many things. Okay. The first thing that... (laughs) that came to mind is drink enough water uh, so that's important <laughs> drink a that's lot of water important. um no but aside from just you know keeping your body functioning day to day uh i think yeah the 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 biggest thing that i guess i have learned that maybe will hopefully help somebody else uh is to be accepting and like gentle of things that are important to you and like own them Uh, and be aware of the fact that it doesn't affect like other people's priorities like other people are very much going to be different from you and that's okay and that's okay and if you want to you know be influenced by them you're like actually I kind of like that idea or like actually I really don't those are all fine and to sink just really really hard into the things that like you vibe with and prioritize um and that doesn't mean necessarily being preachy about it it just means like that's how you feel those are your priorities and like that's how you function and live your life and the more you do that the more I think things around you, like opportunities, friendships, whatever, will unfold that like match that. Last question. This is probably the most question, important question. Okay. Most important question anyone could ever ask you. And Kay. it only really requires one one word. Who's more powerful, Aang or Korra? Oh, <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I was like, did not know where that was coming from. Um, oof. Ooh, okay. I'm going to Aang. Okay. Because. I accept that. He considers. Yes, he's careful. Mm-hmm. He's more careful. I'm I'm talking about more of a of a bigger uh, you know term, I guess. Powerful. Conscious. He's more yes. conscious. Like in the immediate moment, sure, Cora might like blast you to smithereens. But as far as like long term, like power, like Longevity. calm power, I, I think Aang has a little bit more of that because he's like, wait a second, who am I hurting anyone? Like, am I? Yeah. You know? I and Cora quite literally like her intro to us. I don't her, know anything about her except she's a little hot tempered. Yeah. She's bangs through a door and she's like, I'm the avatar and I'm going to kick your butt or something like yeah. opposite energy. Yeah. Completely <laughs> different. Energy. Okay. I love that. <laughs> but I also, you know, I'm also biased because, you know, Aang was, Aang was my... We can both be biased. Aang was right. my OG. I say Aang. I taught Aang. I taught Aang everything he knows. No, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out Of course. With me. Thank you yeah, for hanging out with me and our matching shirts and chairs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Our earth, our earthbender attire. Let's Earth go get tunes. food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out with us and we hope to see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, my lovelies. (laughs)